remembrance, uh, but you've got you to at least have it in your heart for him to bring it back to you. Amen. And so these would be great verses for you to hide um, in your heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord. Uh, let me put that back up here again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This expression, lean not on your own understanding. I want to talk to you some more this morning about understanding and, and what it means to have understanding. In Proverbs, we're told to pursue wisdom like a young man pursues money and like a young man pursues a young lady, that we should make it a priority in our lives and that we should pursue the wisdom of God. But then we also see in, in addition to instructions concerning our diligence to receive wisdom from God. He says, in all of your getting, get understanding. Get understanding. And the Bible has a lot to say about understanding, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. And what the Lord has been impressing upon me of late is that uh, we don't understand understanding. In other words, what we think understanding means is, is not uh, exactly what it means. In other words, there's more to it. Let me say it that way. There's more to understanding. And so notice he says, lean not on your own understanding. Any, anything that you lean on, he's, he's referring to something that you would put your trust in or something that, that you would use for support in your own life. And he's saying that we should not live our lives supported by our own understanding, but what? In all of our ways, acknowledge God. In all of our ways, acknowledge Him and allow Him to direct our paths. So when we use this word understanding, and, and it's a rich word, it's an important word. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but in, in Jesus ministering to His inner circle, His, his you know, closest 12 to Him, we see that one of the biggest issues that they consistently had was a failure to understand Jesus was constantly correcting them in the area of understanding. Um, we even see, like, after he would correct them uh, later, he would say, how is it that you still do not understand? So even after uh, efforts on Jesus' part to help them understand, they still lacked the understanding. Watch this now. And I'm not trying to confuse you, but it, it's not that they didn't understand. They had their own understanding of it, Okay. <laughs> But their own understanding wasn't getting them anywhere. Jesus was wanting them to understand it the way he understood it. So as long as we lean on our understanding, our own understanding, and we talked about that word own, O-W-N, a little bit last week, our own understanding would, would be uh, one that was particular or specific to you. Um, have you lived long enough to figure out not everybody understands things the way you understand them? <laughs> not everybody sees things the way you see them. Not everybody thinks the way you think. Amen. And so when he says your own understanding, he's talking about something that would be uh, specific or unique to you. Uh, I guess it's been a phrase around for a long, long time, but it seems to have really surfaced and, and um, gaining some momentum and, and putting down roots. You hear it more and more and more in our current generation where people talk about my truth, my truth. Well, that's my truth. Uh, and, and listen to me. There's only one truth. His name is Jesus. Amen. And no one has a corner on that market of truth but him. Uh, and anytime you talk about something being your truth, 
again, that would be like your own understanding. That's how you see it, how you think it is. And, 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 and that's really a statement not only of, of error and deception, but it's also one of pride. In other words, we're saying, well, that's my truth. In other words, um, forget about your truth. I don't care what you say. This is my truth. Well, again, that would be examples of leaning on, or we could say it this way, being supported by our own understanding. Okay. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, and we looked at those verses last week. I won't put them back up on the screen this morning. But there we find this phrase, the eyes of your understanding. The eyes of your understanding. And it's one of the things that the Apostle Paul consistently prayed for the churches was that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. The eyes of their understanding being enlightened. And that expression uh, from the Holy Spirit, the eyes of your understanding, really provides, I think, the understanding of understanding that we need. Amen. Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? In other words, understanding has to do with the way you see things. It has to do with the way you, you process information, the way you think things ought to be or the way you think things ought to work. Okay. And so one of the greatest problems that Father God is having with his children is that we're leaning on our own understanding instead of seeking him for his. We're, we're wondering why he's not doing things according to the way we think he ought to do them. Why he's not operating in our lives according to the way we think he ought to operate in our lives. And, and, and a lot of people even are angry at God uh, because he's not doing for them what they think he ought to do. Um, and in, in extreme cases even, uh, there's this concept of, of that God owes us something. Um, because we've been good or because we've done this or because we've given that or because we've sacrificed this or because we've prayed this many uh, hours or we've fasted this many weeks or days or we've given this amount of money. And now it's this mindset, again, that's more like the world instead of the kingdom that says because we've done all these things, now, God, you owe us. We've been good enough, long enough, surely by now, for you to help us in some way. But again, that's, that's a religious understanding. That's a worldly understanding. It's, it's not the way Father God operates and it's not how He does things. Amen. And so we, we need understanding. We need not our own understanding, but the Lord's understanding. Amen. Now, we have and really felt impressed again this morning to, to go back here and I'll be here. I'll just try to touch on this briefly. But we've talked about Naaman and his futile efforts to receive from God. Again, according to his own understanding, Naaman had a terminal illness and it was a terrible, horrible disease that was disfiguring him and slowly but surely crippling him and killing him. And he went to receive a miracle healing from the prophet Elisha. Naaman was a Syrian uh, military leader. Uh, He would be like our secretary of defense in this country he he served just underneath the king of syria highly beloved a military genius had won lots of, of victories uh for assyria uh and even had won victories for syria over israel and yet here he comes hat in hand uh to a prophet in israel for healing and it was his own understanding that almost caused him to miss out Naaman thought that he would impress the prophet with his position and his person and his power and his prominence. Naaman thought that he would appeal to his uh, desire for money and nice things. Uh, 
Remember what we said last week about this, you know, every man has a price. And so Naaman's going down there thinking that Elisha has a price and he'll find what that price is. That he would maybe elicit some sympathy from Elisha. That he would negotiate a deal for his healing and then stand still as the prophet waved his hand over him and healed him. But now, more than the details of all this, I'm wanting you to see that this was the way Naaman understood it. This was the understanding Naaman was leaning on. This is how Naaman thought it was going to go down. This is how Naaman thought all this was going to work. And that was based upon other deals he had negotiated, international deals he had negotiated, peace treaties he had negotiated, uh, settlements that he had negotiated. Uh, He was a very powerful and influential man, very wealthy man. And so he goes down there with a bunch of gold, a bunch of silver, ten changes of the finest clothes. And because, um, you know, preachers like nice clothes. And, and so he's going to bring him some nice clothes. And he's going to be the best dressed preacher in all of Israel. You know, this was this was the way Naaman thought. Um, and of course, Elisha didn't even come to the door to greet him. And, and it, it infuriated him. So what is wrong? Watch this now. I, I, I'm hoping that you can see this in Naaman's situation first and then allow the Lord to help you and me see it where it needs to be seen in our situation. So what is, what is wrong with Naaman's understanding? What is wrong with the way Naaman thinks all this is going to go down and happen? Well, first of all, God looks on the heart and is not impressed with outward appearance. Amen. That doesn't impress God. Are you following me? That God's not impressed by your position and person and what, and what the world may say about you or think about you. So Naaman thinks that's a big deal and that's, that's his, uh, ace in, up his sleeve if you will and, it, and it's that means nothing to god that's not that's that that's doesn't curry you any uh spec now in the world system am i right about it in the world system people of of position people of wealth you know they they uh, uh get um favors and access and uh things done for them that other people uh don't get done for them and that's part of what um the book of james is about in, in, in the New Testament is making sure that attitude never, ever, ever becomes a part of the church where, where wealthy people are, are brought down front and given the best seats and, and all kinds of recognition and honor and, and uh, the, the less recognizable you are or the less important you seem to the world or whatever, you get relegated somewhere on the back row, you know. And again, that's, that's not God at all, okay? So, Naaman's understanding was, you know, God looks on the heart, is not impressed with the outward appearance. Um, neither God nor his prophets are motivated by money. And then nothing God has is for sale. <laughs> Miracles are not given or received based upon sympathy, need, or emotions. Wow, see, now that, that one right there... That's, that's not, they're not given based on that and they're not received based on that. But now, you know, in the world system, <laughs> well, she needs it more than I do. We, we all the time, uh, things are given based upon emotion and need and, and sympathy. And um, could I just remind you of something, okay? And I, I understand the, 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 um, the, I guess the heart of this, but but let's let's lose this idea that um, giving back and paying forward. 
okay? Giving back. We're gonna, we, I got to give back, you know. I've been so blessed, and there are people less fortunate than me. I got to give back. Let me, let me, hold on just, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what's wrong with that? You, again, see, you're in that, you're in that mindset of a debt that you owe. If it's a debt that you owe, then it's not a gift that you're giving or a seed that you're planting. Well, you're going to pay it forward. No, we're going to plant forward. And, and, and God's going to show us how, you realize, watch this now. I know this may sound, sound strange to you, okay? But the Lord may just as much ask you to give money to a rich man as he would ask you to give money to a poor one. Now, I'm not trying to ruffle anybody's feathers. I'm just, I'm just trying to show you, again, how we understand things. And, and this is how Naaman understood it. It's how a lot of people in, 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 in the church, in the kingdom, they, they understand things. But it's, that's, not, that's not how it's based. It's not how this works. But yet that was Naaman's understanding, and that's how he's trying to work uh, he's trying to work God. You understand what I mean by that? He's trying to, he's trying to work God using uh, the, the world system and the world's uh, mindset. All right. So again, miracles are not given or received based upon sympathy and emotions. Also, miracles are received by faith, and faith without action is dead. Remember, Naaman didn't want to be asked to do anything. He was too good for that. He was too proud for that. He was too important for that. Okay. He was going to pay his way. Amen. He, he had the resources. Now, others who don't have what he has, sure, they, they may need to go dip in some muddy river. People who, who aren't like him and who don't have the resources and the ability to pay that he has, then, yeah, they, they may need to do something um, that would be humiliating or embarrassing or, or, or what have you. But not him, see. He, 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 that doesn't apply to him. And so he's, again, miracles are received by faith and faith without action is dead. Okay. And then God's power and wisdom do not operate according to our terms, but according to God's ways and his ways only. God's ways and his ways only. Now, one of the points that we've made over and over again the last couple of weeks is the benefits of salvation are freely given but are not automatically enjoyed. The benefits of salvation are freely given, but are not automatically enjoyed. I asked my daughter the other day what she'd like for Christmas, and she told me a cordless vacuum. Okay, that sounds good, I, you know. So, I don't know how you do things when you make a purchase like that, but, you know, I start researching cordless vacuums. And you start seeing all the different specifications and you start seeing all the benefits and, and, and you know, you, you have the ability even to compare, you know, this model to that model and this model to that model. And this one has a bigger uh, um, reservoir to catch the dust than this one. But this one's got a more powerful motor than that one. And this one has this accessory and this attachment included. But, and so, you know, obviously you're looking at how much the thing costs. You're looking at who made it. You're looking at what it'll do. You're looking at how powerful, all these different, you know, specifications and, and looking at all this, right? And, and the Lord pressed, impressed upon me. He said, he said, do you realize you've spent more time trying to figure out, um, you know, what's involved in a vacuum cleaner than most of my people have spent figuring out what's involved in their salvation? What, what features, what benefits, what will it do, what's included, how, how, how does it work, right? Listen, when you were born again, 
you were given the kingdom. We see in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament where kings would promise reward up to half their kingdom, thinking they were being big shots, right? Father God didn't say, listen, you get born again, I'll give you half my kingdom. He said, you get born again, I'll give you my kingdom. Okay? The benefits. The benefits. The benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. Benefits. John, Mark, and Gina, as a lot of you know, they moved back from Nashville. And John, Mark, of course, Gina gave birth to a baby. By the way, they're here this morning. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but my uh, granddaughter's first Sunday in church. Amen. So we're excited about that. Little Elsie Caroline. Amen. And... Um, yeah, she's a darling, man. I'm just telling you. So, um, you know, but that, that's one of the things when you go to look for a, a new, they had great jobs in, in Nashville. And so now they're both in the medical field. And, and um, now that, you know, she's had the baby and, and she's starting to look now for a job. And it's one of the big things, right? Not just how much does it pay, but what about the benefits? What are, what are, the, what are the benefits? See, I think, I think, the only benefit most people are interested in when it comes to salvation is um, what I call the fire escape. You know, it's like, look, I don't care what else is involved, just as long as I don't go to hell, you know. And, and that's really, I think, part of why people are so disinterested in discovering what actually was given to you and exactly what you became and who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. So the benefits of salvation are freely given, but they're not automatically enjoyed. We need some understanding here. Far too long we've leaned on our own understanding when it comes to what belongs to us as sons and daughters of God. And what we see then is that the benefits of salvation are freely given, but they're not automatically enjoyed. It's because we have to step up into, we have to lay hold of these benefits by faith. The inward realities of the new birth. Becoming outward expressions of life. Here's the thing you've got to understand about benefits. Father doesn't just give you the benefit as you grow. He gives you all the benefits from day one. Amen. See, again, we understand these things according to the world system. You know, when the prodigal son came home, and by the way, I don't know why we call him the prodigal son. He was the restored son, right? But when the younger brother came home, his father didn't even wait for him to make it all the way to the house. He ran down the road, fell on his neck, and kissed him, said, my boy was dead. He's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. And he immediately put a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, and shoes on his feet. See, we, we don't understand that because... The, the system that we were raised up in says, well, let's make sure that I'm not going to go pawn that ring. Let's make sure, you know, before we start giving him some fancy clothes. You know, what happened to those clothes that you left here with, boy? You know, why, don't, why, don't, 
we'll see if we can find you some hand-me-downs somewhere or whatever, you know. See, that, cause we, that's the way we understand it. We think, and, and that's the way the younger, the young son understood it because remember, his daddy's given him these things and he's like, I'm not worthy of these things. Make me like one of your servants. What does he want to do? He's wanting to earn his way back in. He's not, he's not wanting to receive the robe, the ring, and the sandals. He's wanting his daddy to make him like a servant, make him like a slave, and let him work hard enough and long enough to deserve it. Do you see Naaman and all that? He, 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 he wants to be in control. He wants it to be according to his terms. And, and his father given those good things to him because he still got that shame on him, like we talked about on, on Wednesday night. He still got that guilt on him. He still got that condemnation on him, right? Now all of a sudden it's making him uncomfortable that his father's blessing him. Father gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness the day you return to him. Amen. Freely given, but are not automatically enjoyed. Now, let, I've got a list of things here. Let's, let's try to get to some of this. Some of our key verses this whole year have been 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 12, 3 says, God's given to every person the measure of faith. So here, I have a question for you, and I want you to think about this now. Is it possible to have faith, but not walk by faith? And the answer is yes. It's, it's one thing to have faith, but it's another thing for that faith to be an active, uh, awakened, frontline, cutting-edge factor in your, in your daily life walk in reality. Can I tell you what, and I hate to say it, but I, can I tell you what, most people, most people have faith, but do not walk by faith. All right? And why? It's because of a lack of understanding. We, we need understanding in these areas. Here's another one, and, and we've been talking about walking by faith in the Spirit. And so this is another key verse. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, living in the Spirit is referring to the, the, uh, the eternal life that we've been given we, being born of the corrupted seed of Adam, were all born with uh, biological existence, but spiritually dead. Jesus said to a group of people who are biologically alive, physically alive, I've come to give you life. And the word that he used there was not bios, the word that he used was zoe. And what is he saying when he says, I've come to give you zoe, and I've come to give it to you forever, in overflowing abundance without end. What is, he, what is zoe? Zoe is the life and nature of God. It's the life of God's spirit. Amen. And we're at this point, obviously Galatians 5, you've got Galatians 1, 2, 3, 4, and the first 24 verses of Galatians 5 that have all, among other things, uh, made this case once again that we've been born of God, that we've been made right with God in the eyes of God, that Jesus became a curse for us so that we could be blessed by God. He is establishing all these other things. But now notice what he's saying. He's saying, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So I'm going to ask you uh, another question. Is it possible to live in the Spirit but not walk in the Spirit? And again, the answer is yes. Or else he wouldn't. In other words, if it was automatic that everyone who lives in the Spirit walks in the Spirit, he wouldn't instruct us. He wouldn't put an if. Remember, every significant shift begins with a significant if. 
He wouldn't say, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, if it, if it was automatic that if we, if we had God's Spirit in us, then we, we uh, walk in the Spirit every day automatically, He wouldn't need to give us this instruction. But obviously, living in the Spirit, having God's Spirit inside of you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, making alive your physical body, having that in you is not the same as walking in the Spirit, again, by faith. We, we walk by faith in the Spirit. Amen. So, Pastor Mark, I'm a little confused there. A lot of folks have the Spirit of God in them. They're still walking in the flesh. Still being flesh-led, flesh-dominated. Amen. Remember, to, to, to walk by sight means to live your life based upon the way things look, seem, and feel. And notice now, what's the understanding tie-in? The understanding is the way we understand it, the way it looks, the way it seems, the way it feels is the way it is. That's how we understand it. So again, the benefits of salvation are not are freely given, but are not automatically enjoyed. Jesus said and established a pattern in Matthew 11. He said, come and I will give, learn and you will find. Come and I will give, learn and you will find. Come and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. So the, the rest is deposited, like everything else, in your spirit. But it's in walking with Jesus that we learn the ways of God. We've been set in our ways. That's, that's another part about being, having a hardened heart and an inability to understand as the Lord understands things. An inability to see things the way He sees them. It's because we've been, we've been set in our own ways. See, that's, that's why, listen to me now, the, the, the imagery here is that of a yoke. And a yoke is a, is, a, is a farm implement, right, that joins two oxen, for example, together. And when the young oxen is yoked up with that older, wiser ox, amen, now all of a sudden he's going to do it according to the ways of that older oxen until until the older oxen's ways become the younger oxen's ways. So that, so that the younger ox is no longer set in his way of doing things. He's not leaning to his own understanding, but, but he's, he's gaining understanding from an, an older, more seasoned uh, uh, animal, if you will. That's the, the agricultural imagery here. But Jesus, we're not talking about an ox here, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus is saying, come, do life together with me. But it, see, we, we, we want this on-again, off-again relationship. We, we want Him when we need Him, but then when we don't need Him, we want to do whatever we want to do and, 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 and want it on our terms. See, when you, when you put your neck in the, in the yoke, it ain't your terms anymore. It's not your terms anymore. Now, again, it's voluntary. Jesus ain't got, is not going to drag you to that, that yoke. Amen. It's a, it's a commitment. It's an uncommon commitment that we make in our hearts. But if you, if you ever let him help you reset from your own understanding and your own ways of doing things to his understanding and his ways of doing things, you, you, you'll sleep in that yoke. I mean, you, you won't ever want to leave it. Amen. Come and I'll give. He gives freely. 
See, this is another thing. Our understanding about, you know, the strings attached, right? It was all, all times like, like, well, okay, you know, what's the catch? You know, somebody does something really nice for you. You know, and whether they say it or not, you know, what's implied here is when I get ready to move one day, you're going to help me. You know, I scratch your back now, you owe me a back scratch one day, whatever that form that may take, you know, and so, so forth and so on. And so every gift then, we, our understanding is there's always some string attached, there's always some catch, there's always, you know, some hidden agenda or hidden motive. And so when it comes to Father God giving you things freely like this, without, a, without a, any kind of uh, strings attached, without any kind of uh, you know, it's, it's grace. It's it's given freely, amen. So we we don't we don't understand that. We don't we I, we, we we are going to understand it, amen. In other words, we we got to recognize that he did it because he loves you. He did it because he loves you. And, but now again, if there is, and I don't even like calling it this. It's not a catch. It's a it's he's given you these things freely but they're not automatically enjoyed because you got to understand his ways of being and doing you got to understand how 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 god functions and operates in order to step up into who you are step up into what's been given to you step up into the position that he's put you in and and function in it and enjoy it amen 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 let me, let me, can you, a few more, I know we got lunch cooking and it's good and we want to get it while it's hot, okay, so I want you to get this while it's hot too though, amen, can you, alright, amen, alright, so look at this passage right here, Hebrews 10 and 14, for by one offering, speaking of what Jesus offered himself for, for our sin to take away our sin, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified, not We'll one day keep playing your spiritual cards right, and one day you'll be, you'll get it, one day you'll figure it out. No, no. Has perfected forever. The day you came to Jesus, He perfected your born again spirit forever. Those who are being sanctified again speaks of the ongoing work of the renewing, the resetting of our mind, coming to the understanding. Come and I'll give. Learn and you'll discover. So that part of being sanctified is an ongoing process of learning from Jesus and learning His ways, being reset in His ways. But that's, you don't do that to earn what he has already freely given you. That's how we see, we, we, we think of everything within the context. And it's one of the understandings that we've got to, to experience a shift in. We understand that, you know, everything has a catch. Everything, you know, has, again, some uh, string attached to it or whatever. No, no, he perfected you forever. He perfected you forever. And the, and the sanctification process is you being set apart unto who he is and, and who he is in you and what he's given to you. All right, let's go through a few more of these. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Again, pay attention to the verb tenses. Not will bless, has blessed. You have been blessed, not with a few, not with some, not with a lot, but with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1 and 3, as His divine power has given, not will give, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Amen. I'm talking about you right now if you've been born again. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. Now we have received, now we have received. Read it tomorrow and it'll say, now we have received. 
Not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The benefits of salvation are freely given, but they're not automatically enjoyed. See, again, our understanding of things from the world's way of looking at things, the world's way of understanding it, is that if I already had these things, I would be enjoying them. But since I'm not enjoying them, I must not have them. I must not have been given these things. He, I, I must have missed out I'm, I'm, because I'm not experiencing uh, these blessings. I'm not experiencing uh, these gifts. I'm not experiencing these benefits. I must not have received them. So that's the way we, that's the way the world has taught us to understand things. Now let me give you one more that I want to ask you a couple of questions and we'll, we'll land this plane for today. Amen. Galatians chapter four and verse one. Now I say, so there it is again. Now I say that the heir, talking about an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus, talking about someone who's been born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God who has that lives and abides forever. We're talking about someone who has been made one with God and is now reestablished in fellowship and oneness with Him. He says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. I think the King James Version says, Though he be master of all, though he be Lord of all. Again, be is a being word, who you be, who you became the day you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. So notice now he says that you are the heir, and because you're the heir, you have the ability to rule and reign in life. But as long as the heir with the ability to rule and reign in life understands like a child, his life reality will look more like that of a slave than the son and the heir and the royal priest that he or she has already been made. All right, so here's a few more questions. Is it possible to live in the Spirit but not walk in the Spirit? And the answer is yes. Is it possible to be master of all and still live like a slave? Yes. Yes. Is it possible? I just read you the verse. Are you just thinking about it or I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm I'm trying to show you some things here where we need understanding. We we need the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. I don't think we'll get there this morning. We'll get there next week. Ephesians 4 talks about um, those who've been born again but are still living from the futility of their own minds. In other words, leaning on their own understanding. He says that their understanding is darkened because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the blindness of their heart. In other words, they can't see these things. Is it possible to be master of all and still live like a slave? The answer again is yes. Is it possible to be given things you don't know you have and live as if they are not yours? Again, the answer is yes. Is it possible to be righteous but not live righteously? Again, that... That's like, of course not. Yes. He made you righteous the day he made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. A lot of people have been made righteous but are not living righteously. Is it possible to be free from sin but continue to live as a slave to sin? Yes. Is it possible to be healed but continue to experience symptoms of sickness and disease? Again, yes. Is it possible to be rich but not experience financial abundance? Again, yes. Is it possible to be blessed but continue to experience conditions of the curse? 
Unfortunately, yes. Is it possible to be prosperous but not enjoy prosperity? Again, yes. Is it possible to know all things but continue to live life confused? Yes. Is it possible to have the peace of God and still be tormented by anxiety? Is it possible to have the joy of the Lord and continue to struggle with depression? Is it possible to have authority but not walk in dominion over the devil in adverse circumstances? Is it possible to have the love of God poured out in your heart but not walk in love and forgiveness? Again, yes. Is it possible to be victorious and continue to live like a victim? And the answer again is yes. Stand with me this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. How, how do I, I'm trying to write, get, say this the right way, okay? We're going after this. Enough already of this. Enough of this already. Having the joy of the Lord in us and still struggling with depression and the peace of God in us and still being tormented by anxiety. I'm not, listen. Can I tell you why more people aren't excited about their salvation? It's because they have no idea what the benefits are. They have no idea um, how much it cost. What was paid for it. They have no idea what the benefits are. They have no idea what's included. How about this one? They have no idea how long the warranty is. Like, well, that's a pretty good vacuum cleaner there, but it's got a one-year warranty. This one's got a two-year warranty, and if we get it from Costco, they'll extend that by another year. That's three years. That sounds like a better deal to me. Well, how about how about eternal redemption? That sounds like a that sounds like a good deal to me right there, right? So we're not we we're not excited about it because we don't even know what we got, how much it costs, how long it lasts. How long it's guaranteed for. You do know that your salvation came with a guarantee, right? So we're struggling with things. And watch this now. Asking God to do things for us that He's already done. Asking Him to give us things He's already given us. Brother Keith Moore does a teaching on prayers that God can't answer. And one of them is he can't answer a prayer where you're asking him to do something that he's told you to do. And another one is asking him to give you something he's already given you. So do you see why he says wisdom is the principal thing and all you're getting get wisdom? Principal means it's the one thing more than any other thing that affects the outcome. And as important as faith is, you've got faith. Let me tell you what people are lacking. They're lacking the understanding of what to do with the faith, how to use the faith that, that they've already been given. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning.
Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Mark, I've never been born again. You've talked a lot about these salvation benefits and salvation and forgiveness and all that. And I've never received that for myself. But this morning I would like to receive um, this free gift, these benefits uh, that come along with this uh, salvation package. Amen. Amen. Anybody in the room this morning? Say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Just raise your hand. Anybody? Amen. All right. Well, Father, thank you. Thank you for every person that's here. And Lord, I, I believe that every person that's here, Lord, has, has received you and, has, and believes you and has called upon the name of Jesus and has been saved, has been made that new creation in Christ Jesus, has been made free, has, has, been, has, has, has been given your kingdom, has been given your peace, your joy, rest, faith, all these things, Father, these wonderful, wonderful benefits, Lord. Father, what we need now is understanding. We're trying to... We're trying to work this, this, this new uh, position that we're in according to the old position that we once had. Lord, we're, we're like Naaman. We're, we're, we're trying to operate in the things of God and the ways of God by using the ways of, of the world, the ways of the street, so to speak. Father, the, 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 the way that we have maneuvered and, and worked this world system, Father, we, we tend to carry that over into um, your kingdom and we try to use those same ways to, to work you and to work your system. First of all, you won't be worked. You, it's not who you are. And forgive us, Father, for ever thinking of you that way. And forgive us, Father, for ever thinking that we could somehow earn or deserve by our own works and ability, Lord, anything from you. But, Father, you, you have given us freely all things richly to enjoy. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us. Father, I ask this morning that you give to each of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, Father, that we may know. And know and know and keep on knowing. In Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you now to bless this food. Bless our time of fellowship together. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. If um, you will go uh, out these doors. When you turn around and face it, it will be the set of doors on your right. And then go all the way to the last door on your left before you get to the foyer. And that's where the food tables will be in the fellowship hall. Uh, Get to know somebody.